according to our records, you're dead. I'm what? Casting from the deep depths of cyberspace, this is Darn IT Podcast, Cybersecurity Made Simple, and I'm your host, Darn the G, Chief Technical Architect of Darn IT Group. Season 2, Episode 1. I am excited for this, and I hope you are as well. We've spent a lot of time together. Um, For those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, We have moved on to a new format. We are now casting in different environments. So I am super excited to get this treat off the ground first. So it is now 2020, beginning of 2020, the new year, new you. So new year, new season for us, right? So for this episode, we're going to be talking about a decade in cybersecurity exciting we get to talk about what happened last year or sorry the last decade and we can at least talk about what the rest of the maybe the next decade is going to look like look like so we so kind of like prior to to kind of preface this prior to 2010 i'm sure a lot of you would know that not a lot of small medium enterprises actually gave a damn about cybersecurity. You didn't hear it on the news. You didn't hear that through IT providers or technical people. It was kind of not a big issue. And there, there is, in fact, a reason why. And we'll go through all of that uh, in a few moments. But understanding why we are at this point today. Um, now, I'll be honest, the industry has a good tendency to fear monger. Um, I think now in 2020, a lot of that is sort of off our hands and a lot of businesses are no longer doing that. Some are, some aren't, um, you know, we're not for sure, but I know a lot of businesses are still under that model of throwing a bunch of stats, getting them scared, throw a lot of what ifs, etc. So the consensus we have in the industry nowadays is more like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So when would you be breached? And being able to have sort of mitigation processes and risk assessments in place for your organization will keep you on the straight and narrow for now until another issue arises. So the problem was prior to 2010, not a lot of people cared about cyber issues and except enterprise companies, but typically speaking in the small medium segments, it wasn't really highlighted because there really wasn't a lot of risks and threats out there that uh, caused the issue. You know, if you looked at like single point of failures, some malware would, you know, maybe bug a computer or put something up on the screen or may cause it to crash, whatever. It was just a matter of a call to the IT. They came over, they formatted it, they wiped it, and away you go. So the extensiveness and seriousness of these malwares was very trivial to what we have today, you know, 10 years later. So a lot has changed. You know, IT was able to intervene relatively quickly and essentially fix the problems um, as quickly as possible. But understanding that these threats have now become more convoluted, more complicated, that really 
it's a bit more work for an, a company to essentially mitigate these risks or to be able to make those assessments. So that was the difference prior to 2010. That's why cybersecurity wasn't much of an issue for a majority of businesses back then. Um, not to say it never was completely, it was always important, but the landscape has drastically changed in the last 10 years. And I'll explain why. The, well, I want to say the excuse of the decade um, is a lot of businesses who've been breached say, we now take your privacy seriously. We now take your security seriously. A lot of businesses are now adopting the whole, we now offer these security services, or we now offer this, that, and the other thing, because they're realizing that not only the demand is there, but at the same time, they either get breached or they get their systems compromised and then needs to put in something in place in order to protect them. And it, it's, it's a bit of a, um, a backwards way of looking at it. But when you have an approach of reactionary approach to security, it really doesn't make your business look good. And I want to make that kind of clear here uh, before we get into this is essentially that um, a lot of businesses are not taking this seriously enough or they may not have the budgets for it or again, may not have the care for it until something does happen. And then they have this whole idea that we are now going to take your privacy. We are now going to take your security seriously after we were breached, right? And it's really, it's really backwards thinking. And I hope you all who are listening to this podcast understand the importance of having the right tools and procedures in place now before there is a breach that essentially would affect your business. So I'm not sure if you all know um, Suxnet, the, a worm that was created by the US and Israeli governments to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. And yes, Iran and the US and Israel have been at it for many years, as we all know, and it's a hot button topic right now in early January 2020. Um, but Iran, US and Israel have been going at it for many years. So back in 2010, Susnest was created in order to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. And it sort of backfired in a bit, but that's kind of like the real example that we finally saw the capabilities of cyber warfare and this this worm really showed how effective by releasing a a critical piece of software out there targeting a specific infrastructure can indeed cause some harm uh the next one it's called operation aurora a lot of people don't know this and i've been asked this in my speaking engagements when i'm out meeting people um, you know, people always ask me, you know, has Google ever been hacked? Um, yes. And Operation Aurora was one of the hacks against Google. But this is from the Chinese government that uh, attacked Google. Now, at the time, Google had offices and they had a presence in China. But this event actually changed the face of operations for Google in China. And at this point, Google decided that they were not, they're no longer going to be dealing with Chinese, the Chinese government anymore or the Chinese people. They actually pulled their offices out of China. So yes, Google has been hacked before and many more after that. These are, these are just examples. I'm not going to go over every single cyber attack, cyber risk, because I don't have the time and I don't want to put you guys to sleep by any means. 
but I'm, I'm just gonna touch on a few points here, okay? So don't think that I'm just skimming over this. I just, I just don't want you to believe that everything that has happened in the past 10 years, I'm gonna sit there and read every single point. No, no, no. I only have so much time to do all this, guys, and I'm not gonna sit here and read every one. So I'm just gonna skim through some of the ones that have come up that I wanna make mention of, but generally speaking, and to be clear so that you know, I'm not gonna go over every single vulnerability, just FYI. Um, so after Operation Aurora, uh, we're going, the next one, I'm not sure if a lot of people has heard, heard about on the news, uh, funny enough, no pun intended, is the press release hackers. These guys stole Newswire services. Basically, there were soon to be released stories and they essentially manipulated the stock market and they made over something like $100 million in profits by uh, playing the stock market given the information that, that they knew. And I think these are seven, seven men from uh, Eastern uh, Europe that did this. And they stole all these services and basically gambled as you will, not, I wouldn't say gambled, but they at least put money on the stock markets with the news that was coming up. So if a, a company was gonna tank or a company was doing better, they basically made uh, financial forecasts and played the stock market, which ended up in their favor um, before they got caught. The next one that we all should be aware of is the Sony PlayStation attack. If any of you are gamers or ex-gamers like me, uh, you'll realize the importance of having a reliable online connection to play with your friends. Um, but back in this day, I believe this was in 2011, um, there was over 77 million users' data that was stolen, which included uh, personally identifiable information and financials, which also caused the PlayStation Network to go down for 23 days straight while the administrators tried to figure out what caused the breach in the first place. So as you know, Sony makes money on their games, but at the same time, uh, their network was down for close to a month. So that must have hurt some of their sales, but also the fact the reputation. So um, this also was a good highlight to show how large scale organizations need to secure their infrastructure while operating online. There was a few things that Sony uh, basically dropped the ball, essentially didn't really care much about the ramifications, but they ended up getting hurt over it nonetheless. The next one called Shamoon or Disk Track Malware, which erased hard drives. Um, this particular instance was deployed to the uh, infrastructure, the oil infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, which destroyed over 32,000 computers. Now, basically, they had to order over 32,000 hard drives to replace those hard drives that were lost. Um, so there was a huge increase of demand for hard drives at that time. So the prices of hard drives went up because the, the demand of hard drives were so great on Saudi Arabia that the manufacturers had a problem keeping up. So that's why that year hard drives were probably a bit more expensive than, than they are today due to the demand, right? The old saying goes supply and demand, right? The next one was called Flame. Um, not sure not a lot of you know this, but this this uh, malware was detected by Kaspersky. There was one of the most advanced malwares found at the time. And basically this was developed by the NSA 
uh, which was part of their cyber arsenal. And this this was essentially considered the escalation of cyber attacks. So this was essentially the sort of um, the scapegoat, as you will, to the beginning of the cyber attacks and certain cyber weapons that were used against state nations or organizations themselves. The other one I'm sure you're familiar with is the WannaCry or NotPeta. These happened more in the later years of the decade. But this is what started off the whole ransomware nonsense that we hear today. A lot of the times these situations come up, they come and go, no big deal. But the actual consideration of WannaCry, for example, infecting dozens of computers and locking them out without being paid a ransom. So this is, was an important turn in events for all of us because we then realized the importance of security, the importance of making sure you have redundant backup locations so that your information stored more than on one location, the event that your computer gets encrypted, at least you're able to recover from a different source. So that's very important and a very important lesson learned. Now, a few other examples, um, RSA. Uh, basically, if you ever banked with one of those RSA keys, they actually crypt the algorithm so that um, they could essentially steal your money. Um, Equifax, that's been beaten to a pulp already. I'm sure we all know by now what happened with Equifax. But short, long story short, um, there was a cyber attacker inside the organization for many months uh, and basically infiltrated the the and their enterprise and stole all their information and released it yahoo was like the worst screw up ever knocking again to that it was just terrible and horrible and marriott they were breached um last last year the last two years sorry i can't recall the date top of my head but they were also breached which lost a lot of financial and and personally identifiable personally identifiable information as well the next one that that kind of gets me a bit concerned. And a few of the ones that get me concerned, which I'll, I'll highlight here, is Heartbleed. Um, for those who are not familiar with Heartbleed, they had issues with uh, OpenSSL websites, appliances, which is also includes security applications, um, software applications, just literally everything. You know, there's there's a huge issue with with uh, everything. And what it would do is it will enable attackers to get like private keys, username, passwords, emails, data you know, anything encrypted and infected with versions of OpenSSL um, that could potentially be compromised. So, you know, if you wanted to find a bug that would disrupt almost anything in technology, this, the Heartbleed would be it, pretty much. Um, the next one, uh, Meltdown and Spectre. Um, a bit about Spectre, uh, for those who don't know, Spectre is a vulnerability that affects modern processors that perform branch prediction. So on most processors, the execution uh, from a branch misprediction may leave side effects, which will reveal private data to attackers. So long story short with that one too, is that the hardware would be vulnerable and any information on this, on this particular machine would then be able to get uh, read or access from an outside attacker, which is kind of scary in my opinion. So this was kind of a decade in review in about 15, 20 minutes. I know I kind of rushed through and people are going to say, oh, you know, you missed this. Out. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, this is just a, a brief review. And if you look at, if you look back at all these different uh, 
these issues, you have to understand that the landscape has evolved very much so even within the last five years. And it's important to highlight the fact that this is evolving. This is a dynamic situation. Cyber risks are not set it and forget it. It's a dynamic evolution of technologies um, and softwares that could affect your business, could affect yourself and your loved ones around you. And uh, things did change for the better, to be honest, because in my opinion, there was an increased awareness and importance of cybersecurity. So really in the, the silver lining to all this is the fact that there was an increased awareness even in the last five years about cybersecurity. A lot of businesses, big and small now, are aware of the detrimental effects of a cyber breach. A lot of businesses are becoming aware of it. Now, awareness and being proactive about it are two separate things. You can be aware that you need to eat healthy, but the matter of going to the gym and working out is up to you. So yes, it's nice that businesses understand the importance of cybersecurity, but still, even today, in early 2020, a large majority of them are still not enacting on these policies and procedures to protect the organization. So there's a huge disconnect. Now, moving to how society views cybersecurity, I just feel like society is understanding the fact that this security thing is real, but the problem is there is no way as of yet to really uplift the people to realize that they must do these things. A lot of people that I interact with, uh, even on a professional or non-professional level, understand the importance of security, understand the importance of privacy, yet still continue to divulge their information online, give away personal information because it is what they are used to, it is what they're ready for, and they're not really looking towards any sort of particular security solution that would necessarily protect them because they have not felt the pain of a loss as of yet. And that's a bit concerning in my eyes is the fact of all the setbacks that could arise from your infrastructure getting compromised or your home getting compromised, right? It just, this is just not just a business only application. This, this affects each and every one of our lives. So if you take home a work laptop or cell phone, when you bring it to your home, your home has little to no security. And if your house has, someone in your home has an infected computer, you take that computer back to your office, you no matter what protection you have in your work, you're still gonna get that virus in your network infrastructure. So there's a lot of setbacks with cybersecurity. I understand that it's a bit overwhelming and I understand it's a bit challenging, but you need to take baby steps in this industry. You need to take baby steps in terms of what you need to deploy in your organization. But doing a needs assessment is the number one way to reduce time and reduce effort on everyone's part to make sure that the right technologies and the right solutions are placed to protect you. And that is the most important thing here of all. And just, it, it, it's gonna take some suffering, it's gonna take some pain, it's gonna take a lot of hardships for us to get out of this. Um, I don't think we're ever gonna get, get out of this, but what I can say is the fact that if we're all aware and we're all willing to work together to protect ourselves from large organizations like Facebook who continues to pillage our information and sell it for profit. If we start getting those controls to at least hammer down some of the things that we deserve, which is our privacy, 
then you're going to see a lot more businesses who do have a security first mindset and developing applications that are or products that have security first in all of it. So we need to band together and create that demand for better control and better security from our, our government so that at least there can be something to be done. All right, so that wraps it up for today. Thank you for listening to the Darn IT Podcast. I'm your host, Darnley G. If you like our show and like to know more, please like or subscribe or leave a review. Remember, look both ways before crossing the information superhighway. Safe compute, everyone. Bye-bye.